Hey, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up? This is the Cheston Podcast. How's everyone doing out there? All right, so we're just going to go ahead and get into the hot topics for December, well, the week of December 12th to December 18th. Let's just get into it. All right, nominations for the 2023 Golden Globes came out. Um, You know, the list is so long. I'm just going to go ahead and just name off some of the standout nominees, in my opinion, like people that just, I'm like, oh my God, you got nominated. (laughs) All right, so Jenna Ortega... Um, the lead character who plays Wednesday in the Wednesday uh, series for Netflix, the Adam Family, uh, sp- you know, spinoff series that just came out. She's nominated, which is awesome because that series just came out. So I'm just like, dang. But I mean, it's broken records already for Netflix. So I'm not shocked when things do really, you know, when things do really well, it's like you get nominated out of nowhere. Like they're quick to nominate you. So that's not a shocker. Um, Selena Gomez. She's also nominated um, for her show, Only Murders in the Building. And then Quinta um, Brunson, also nominated for Abbott Elementary. And they're all going against each other in the actress in a television series, musical or comedy category. And that's a good that's a good category. I I can't wait to see who's going to win that category because there's a lot of young, um, fresh talent in that category. Awesome. And a lot of um, uh, people of color is what I'm seeing, too. Um, another one that, that stand out, um, Niecy Nash, she's nominated for uh, her role, her supporting role in the Dahmer series. Um, she's in, uh, nominated in the Best Supporting Actress in a Television Series slash motion, motion Picture. And then Rihanna, she got nominated um, for Best Original Song um, at the Oscars with her song Lift Me Up for the Wakanda uh, Black Panther Forever uh, soundtrack, Wakanda Forever soundtrack. Sorry, I said black. I said the title wrong, but that's awesome. Um, congrats to all the. the to, to me, these are standout nominees. Like this is this is pretty cool. Um, this kind of makes this year's uh, ceremony going to be cool because there's a lot of young uh, talent, a lot of talented people that are nominated. So, congrats to all those people I named. Awesome. All right, all I want for you, uh, all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> All I want for you, all I want for Christmas is you. Okay, all I want for Christmas is you. Mariah Carey's, uh, you know, classic uh, Christmas song. It hits number one this week. It extends her record um, at number one on the hot, the Billboard Hot 100. So now uh, the song's at well, her record is at 88 weeks um, at number one. Um, so she still has that record of the artist um, who who spent the, the most weeks at number one on the Hot 100. Um, and also, just to let you guys know, uh, All I Want for Christmas is You. The song is certified 12 times platinum, so it's already diamond. And I'm sure that's pure sales. I, I, I guarantee you that's pure sales. That song is a classic. Um, funny story, I did not even know that you know Mariah Carey wrote that song. She actually wrote, for those who don't know, she wrote that Christmas song. And for the longest time, because, you know, when you're younger, you, you learn quickly that all the Christmas songs have been sung by everybody. And you think they're all remakes and just different artists have different versions of the same song. That's exactly what I thought about um, All I Want for Christmas is You. I, I always thought Mariah Carey was singing a cover. I never knew that she wrote that song until, like, I was, like, 10 or 11 or 12. One of them, in my preteen, teenage years, I actually, like, opened up a booklet, and I saw that she wrote the song. And I was like, oh, my God, that's, like, freaking iconic. But anyways, congrats, Mariah. Another week at number one for you, you number one artist. 
All right. Um, Henry Cavill announces he is no longer Superman on Instagram. What is going on? Um, well, I'll tell you what's going on. DC Studios is now under James Gunn and Peter Saffron. Okay. Um, James Gunn is he's currently writing a new future film about Superman. So I guess he's there's a, a he's yeah he has a whole new vision of who's going to be Superman. You know, which I think is so heartbreaking because I feel like Cavill is like second the number one superman for me is always going to be mr christopher reeves r.i.p god rest his soul that's always going to be the number one superman but a easy second close for me is henry cavill i mean he has the physique the physique of superman he has the face the eyes like he just he embodies superman so it's going to be interesting to see who they choose um but it's no shocker. So many people have been Superman. So it, it's kind of normal to, you know, uh, have like a rotating chair of who is going to play that lead character. So many people have played Superman. Um, but um, continuing on, a DC slate of new like new movies, new shows, a, a whole new roster for the DC, you know, comic book universe um, is ready to go. And information will be shared about the projects at the beginning of the new year, 2023. So I'm really excited about that. So in January, they're going to have like this type of conference and they're going to break it down just like Marvel. They're going to break down what's the upcoming, you know, movies, projects that are coming up under the DC name. All right. Um, Cavill, they're saying, well, OK, so get this. So the, the story that Gunn, uh, James Gunn, the new head, one of the, the co-head of uh, DC Studios, he um, is, you know, writing the new uh, feature film about Superman and the story of Superman will focus on an earlier part of Superman's life. So this is going to be at the um, in Metropolis where he's working at the paper and he's going to meet Lois Lane. It's going to be the same story, basically, all over again. It's the same freaking story. I don't know why they got rid of Cavill. Like, I really did enjoy Henry Cavill. I, I really feel like we missed out on A Man of Steel Part 2 because the first one was awesome. The first Man of Steel was awesome. Freaking awesome. Um, the Justice Leagues, they weren't bad. <clears throat> My favorite one out of all of them is the the Jack Snyder edit. That That's like the best one to me. It's long, but it made more sense than the you know original cut that was released. But moving on ahead of that, so... Anyways, it's a new story of Superman, which will focus on um, an earlier part of Superman's life at the, you know, in Metropolis, at the paper, meeting Lewis, Lois Lane. So obviously they're going for somebody younger. Um, Cavill is in his late 30s. So I, I see, you know, they're like, well, you know, in a nice way, they're trying to be like, you're, you're getting kind of old to play this character. We need a fresh face. We need to revamp and we and they really do. I agree. Um, DC does need like a shakeup because it was getting kind of stale and dry over there. While you see Marvel, they have like it's all tied in from Moon Knight to you know WandaVision to it's all connected, and I love that. <laughs> so whoever's at Marvel, they're doing the damn thing, okay? Um, but just to let you guys know, um, Cavill Henry Cavill he met with the the DC studio heads and. Quote, unquote, they are energized to find something in the DC comic book universe for Cavill to play. So meaning he's coming back, just not as Superman, which is weird to me. And they said that they're they also mentioned that they're going to do the same thing to um, Aquaman. I can't think of his name right now. You know who I'm talking about. What is his name? 
He also was in uh, Game of Thrones. I can't think of his name. I can't think of his name. What is his name? Hold on. Let me look it up because, you know, I got to be correct if we're going to do this the right way. So hold on. Because I remember I just, just you know, at Thanksgiving, I, I said, oh, Aquaman. And my dad was like, his name is not Aquaman. His name is Jason Momoa. There you go. They're also in talks with Jason Momoa about him um, possibly stepping down from the Aquaman role. And um, I heard he's he's in talks to be play a, a villain. I can't think of the villain name, but he's also another one that's going to be, you know, trading one of the main characters and, you know, being, you know, coming back as another whole completely different character, possibly villain in the DC universe. And um, also Wonder Woman 3 got axed. So there won't be we won't be seeing Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot. I don't know if I'm <laughs> saying her name correctly, but we will not be seeing Gal suited up as Wonder Woman again. You know, she had, you know, two Wonder Woman movies under the Wonder, you know, the, the whole new Wonder Woman franchise, which I did enjoy. Um, the second one was kind of long, so, I, I, you know, I didn't really see a, a three coming, but um, I'm not shocked that it got axed. With this whole shakeup and this whole, how they're trying to redo everything, it's like they're... They're knocking everything out. So everybody you thought you saw in the Justice League that came out, you know, the Justice League with, you know, Jason Momoa, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, um, who else, who else, Henry Cavill, uh, The Flash, all that. They're like scrapping on that. All those people are basically no longer going to be those superheroes. They're going to find new people to play those characters, which is it's obvious that's where they're going since... Um, they're they're cutting Wonder Woman three. Uh, Cavill got fired as Superman. They're also talking to Jason Momoa about not being Aquaman anymore. And they've already um, the DC studio heads James Gunn and Peter Safran. They've already spoken to Ben Affleck um, in regards to directing instead of actually playing Batman. So they don't even see him playing Batman no more. So it's a whole new shakeup. I'm really excited to see what they're gonna do in January of next year. And see, you know, where they're going to take the DC studio universe. Because Marvel is kicking butt. And the Marvel shows are everything. That's that's all I got to say about that. Going on. The Tory Lanez trial has begun this week. I really haven't covered this. I really haven't talked about it. Because I feel like it is a touchy topic. A lot of people get in their feelings. A lot of people, you know, I, I don't even think people realize how um, involved they are. Or... or they don't realize how upset the case makes them. This trial is making them when it's brought up. Like, it's bringing up feelings. It's dividing a lot of people, you know. And I, I really didn't want to cover it. I really didn't want to post about it because, you know, they're down. It's getting down to the point where if you're a blogger, they're trying to discredit you because you're just re-reporting what was already reported. But a lot of the bloggers that are reporting on this trial... Um, are actually in the courtroom themselves, you know, witnessing everything. But that's a whole nother topic. But okay, so let me just get into this. Okay, so the trial begun, and uh, Megan Thee Stallion got up and testified. Her ex BFF Kelsey got up there and testified. And I've been following the case. I I followed it day by day since day one. Like I, I really, you know, want. I've been reading the transcripts, reading everything. I just really want to. You know, like everybody else, when I first heard about this and everything that happened, I, I did 
automatically side with Megan the Stallion. I felt like, you know, um, I have two sisters myself, so I, I automatically, you know, thought and went into that, that mode of being a big brother and like, you know, if it was my sisters, I would believe them. I wouldn't want this to happen to them. So I automatically, you know, I was like, okay, I, um, I stand with Megan, you know, but, um, this, the closer the trial was, was, was coming, you know, the, the closer it was, you know, about to start, a lot of things just weren't sitting right with me. Um, just a lot of things that you, you start to think about and you're like, huh? So I was hoping with this trial that we would see things or we would, we, I, this is all I care about. I care about the evidence. What evidence, like what's the hard evidence that is going to show that Mr. Lanes was the one that, you know, uh, you know, allegedly did the crime. So that's what I, you know, was tuned in for. I wanted to see what evidence is going to be, you know, um, presented to really like, you know, to show yeah, he did this. So first of all, I, I read the testimonies. I went, you know, I read them, saw them all online. The, um, I saw Megan's, I saw Kelsey's, um, I just was not feeling that there was a lot of stuff that was forgotten or they literally both of them sat up there on the stand and said, oh, you know, I lied about this. I lied about that. That doesn't look good. Just saying, especially if you're standing, you know, if you're on the on a stand and you're giving your oath that you're going to tell nothing but the truth. It doesn't look good when you, you admit that, oh, yeah, I lied on the stand. Like, I thought that was crazy. That just threw me off. So. Really, the only thing that really stood out to me was the DNA expert that um, testified, you know. Um, <clears throat> so basically, the DNA, the DNA expert that testified that went on the stand, he said himself that Tory Lane's DNA was not found on the gun magazine and DNA on the gun was inconclusive. But... A woman's DNA was present. Okay? Okay? Now, he also continued and went on. He said, if like, if, if they're alleging that Tory shot the gun five times, you would think it would be conclusive that his DNA is on the, the gun. It would not come back non-conclusive, you know, um, or inconclusive. That That's just, that blow my mind right there because... Um, like, like he said, like if he shot the gun, because they said they heard five shots. If he, if Tory Lane shot the gun five times, it should come back conclusive that his DNA is on the gun. But it came back non, it came back inconclusive, and but it came back with, for a fact, there's a woman's DNA that was present on the gun, not a man's, a woman's. So I thought that was that stood out the most to me. That, that was just like, okay, so what's really going on? And then, um, continuing on, the former bodyguard, the former bodyguard for Megan Thee Stallion, he went missing before his scheduled testimony against, you know, Tory Lanez, which was, he was scheduled to appear on Friday, December 16th. And he went missing, like, MIA, nobody can find him. It's like crazy, what is going on? And then, but mind you, um, the former bodyguard, he gave a prior witness statement saying Tory apologized to him for the shooting. So his statement is saying that, you know, 
uh, Tori apologized for, you know, the, the shooting, for what happened. Um, and I think the craziest thing to me is that it's just, I just, I just felt like there was just a lot of, there's a lot of holes, <laughs> a lot of holes in this, this case. There was just so much, um, there was a lot of reasonable doubt. It was just a lot of, I don't feel like they have, any, all they have is just people pointing the finger or people saying, you know, on the stand, oh, well, you know, he, you know, shot me, quote unquote. Um, that's, I mean, yes, you, I, you know, I'm not downplaying or trying to disregard anybody's, you know, statement. If that's what she's saying, happen, happen. But I just feel like there should be evidence to back up these claims, you know, uh, you know, there's just so much, but the biggest thing that, that evidence wise that was brought up to me in this whole, during this week, uh, well, during the week of December 12th to December 18th, the biggest thing to me was that the DNA expert said that, you know, um, Lane's DNA was not found on the gun magazine and the, his DNA, um, the DNA on the gun came back, um, inconclusive, but it came back a woman's DNA was present on the gun, not a man's. So that's a big thing to me. Those are big standouts. Um, like I said, I'm just going to continue to con to follow this case and see where, because it's, it's going to get even better with the, the more people that they're going to be calling up to the stand and just seeing where it's going to go. Because um, so far, I, I just see a lot of reasonable doubt. That's just being honest with you from what I've seen, what I've read. It just sounds like a lot of reasonable doubt. Um, all right, moving on. Rihanna shows her baby boy in her first TikTok post. Oh, my God. Them Fenty jeans are so strong. Her son looks just like her. He is adorable. He's going to be so handsome. He looks like her brothers. He looks like her father. He looks like her. <laughs> they all, like, Rihanna has some strong jeans. You know, congrats, girl. Beautiful baby. I hope you make more. Um, and he looks so happy. Oh, my gosh. He looks so happy. All right, moving on. StubHub names Elton John the most in-demand global touring artist of 2023. Hold on. That should be of 2022. I think that's of 2022. So hold on. Let me just make sure I read that right because I'm like, hold on. 2023. It should be for 2022. He's the most toured. Uh, hold on. They named Elton John the most. I'm going to say it's for 2022. He's the most in-demand global touring artist of 2022. Okay, correction, 2022. I'm interested to see who this is going to be in 2023 because we have so many good stadium tours coming up. Oh, my God. But number two, um, Harry Styles came in at number two. Coldplay came in at number three. Number four is Bad Bunny. And number five is Motley Crue. And that was the list for the most in-demand global touring artists of 2022. So, I, like I said, I can't wait for 2023 because Beyonce is going to be on the stadium tour. Rihanna is going to be on the stadium tour. Taylor Swift is going to be on the stadium tour. Everybody's doing a stadium tour or a tour. <laughs> Dang, it's because, I mean, I'm not shocked, though. This is what we wanted. You know, we were in a pandemic for two years and everybody was talking about, man, when we were back outside, we're going to go to these shows and... Go, go and I and, and I advise everybody go out to them shows, see these people live because the last two years was a hard 
two years of just being in the house on lockdown. So it's going to be so, you know, next summer is going to be awesome. 2023 is going to be awesome. I'm excited. I'm just, oh, I can't believe the year is over. I can't believe we have like, what, a week or two left of in December. Like, um, it's like, where did the year go? But <clears throat> I, I mean, I know where the, the year went. I was, <laughs> I was here during it. So I know exactly where the time went. I'm just excited about 2023 because there's just so many new things and new opportunities coming and I can feel it. But anyways, that was all the topics for this week. Make sure you subscribe, share and like on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify and YouTube. Make sure to follow the Cheston Podcast on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And we will be going on a two week hiatus. Well, I will be going on a two week hiatus from December 26th to January 8th. Okay. Taking two weeks off, getting, you know, my, my batteries ready, and I will be premiering with a new episode in 2023 on January 10th. We will, well, I will be continuing to premiere on Tuesdays, love premiering new episodes on Tuesdays. So, yes, January 10th, 2023 will be the new, the first episode for 2023, okay? The new first episode for 2023, all right? Okay, so, like I said before, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Thank you. Peace.